Thanks, Julia. Awesome. It's good to see everybody today. And um, yeah, we're going to start a new series just for the little, next little bit and then, then come back to how we've been going through Matthew. But we'll still be yeah, preaching through a passage of Scripture, um, but, but just some different passages over the next few weeks uh, around this theme uh, that we're calling One Thing. Um, you kind of might have been noticing it come through the service a bit uh, today. Uh, in preparation for this, uh, you may or may not be aware of, there's a meme uh, that's called You Had One Job, uh, which is these things on the internet where someone failed at the one thing that they had to do. Uh, I was looking at a few of these uh, this week, which are kind of funny. This is one of them. That sign says, give cycle space. <laughs> so they're obviously not giving the cycle so much space. So, uh, this other one, I don't know if you can read this. It says, delivery instructions, it's a surprise party for my mother and we live together, so please can the box not look obvious, it's party supplies. <laughs> the delivery person failed at their one, their one job. Uh, and we're going to look at a story that we just read out today about someone else uh, who really failed at the one job that they had to do, this story uh, about Martha. And um, yeah, but I think we'll be able to identify probably with it as, as well and then see Jesus' invitation and, and word to us in the midst of that. So um, yeah, let me just pray and then, then we're going to start to look at this, this passage. Um, yeah, Lord, we just thank you uh, for your word, for your spirit. Thank you we can gather. Um, we just pray that you'd speak to us in our hearts, in our lives. Um, yeah, in the ways that we uh, yeah, can be overwhelmed and anxious, God. Just pray for your invitation uh, to focus on you, um, to be clear today, God, and just give us grace to respond to you. Uh, yes, we just offer this time to you in your name. Amen. So this is uh, a story um, you may be familiar with in Luke 10 about Martha and, and Mary, and really the focus a lot in, in the start of this is really on Martha. Um, so we'll start with this. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed her into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, this all starts off really well, right? Even for, for Martha, like she really takes initiative. Uh, we just don't know necessarily whether Jesus asked to come to, to her house or whether she maybe even offered. She might have said, Jesus, come to my house. And she, she's welcoming him in. And that's a good thing, right, to, to welcome Jesus. And then in that culture particularly, showing hospitality is so important and, and providing food and, and care and space, particularly in Jesus' ministry because Jesus has been under so much pressure and, and so much work and, and so much need to then be able to welcome Jesus in and meet his needs and, and serve him and care for him. Martha has this great uh, desire and plan. And Mary isn't really on board with the plan. She's not serving. She's not helping. She doesn't seem to be being hospitable. She's just simply sitting and listening to Jesus. And Jesus, obviously, if you can kind of imagine this story, it's only a few verses, but it's a whole, it's a whole story that, that would have gone on. You can kind of imagine uh, Martha inviting Jesus and him coming in, but then all the people that come with Jesus, including uh, the 12 disciples and then others, maybe this home wasn't very big, and all of a sudden, there's a whole lot to do. Uh, Martha is in the kitchen. She's preparing food. She's preparing drinks. She's busy and starts to be overwhelmed. And we see things go bad. At the start of verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
So she had the job to serve Jesus, but she's been distracted by the job. She's distracted by the serving. Actually, what she is doing has become the focus. The task is so big, there's so much need, she's not getting the help that she needs, and this has become the focus. And she kind of imagine this, this scene, right? It's probably a lot of people in a home. Um, Martha, probably greeting everybody joyfully to start with. You might feel like that whenever you've hosted people. You're, you're excited, but under the surface, there's all this stuff in the oven, and there's, the kitchens are dirty, and I need to tidy this stuff, and then she's maybe wrestling around. And, and then she notices that her sister's not even helping, and then she might be, oh, like you get a bit annoyed at her. And, and then it kind of builds and builds under the surface all the way until Martha speaks in this story. And it's, it's quite profound what she says. She's welcomed Jesus into her house, but when she speaks to him, it says she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her to help me. Martha desired to serve Jesus, to provide hospitality for Jesus, to provide space for Jesus, but now... She's complaining to Jesus. She's accusing Jesus of not caring. She's bringing Jesus into their family dynamics and their, their problems. And she's actually telling Jesus what to do. What, what she has be, she's been focused on what the job is, which has so quickly become about her. And now she's frustrated at anyone who's not following what she should say, even Jesus. <laughs> that she is now telling Jesus what he should be doing. He should tell her to help me. Those, just, just listen to what she said. It's so much about her. Don't you care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Help tell her to help me. She has become the focus. She had one job, serve Jesus, but in, in the process of doing that job has totally forgot who Jesus is and totally actually not made a hospitable environment for Jesus at all. In fact, serving Jesus has become and can easily become a distraction from Jesus. She wanted to serve him. She wanted to, to focus on him. She wanted to welcome him. But quickly, the tasks and the things that she was doing for him became the focus and became overwhelming. And this is true and can be true for us as well. That serving, this, And this story is definitely not saying serving is, is bad. Not at all. all right. Serving Jesus is good. But this is a story where it's become out of order. It's become the focus. And what, the, what we're doing can easily become the focus. And even good things, right? And I think this is true. Like maybe, maybe you have experienced it before. Maybe God calls you to do something and, and it's clear that he's leading you and maybe he's gifted you and, or maybe we've started some initiative. But very quickly, that becomes the focus. And very quickly, we run off on a track and, and just want to do that and actually can forget God, in the name of serving God. Um, I kind of wonder, in some ways, maybe that's part of the reason that often he doesn't give us that many plans in advance. God doesn't sort of say, this is what's going to happen. Because if he did, we would just be like, great, I'm just going to follow the plan and just, just run ahead and forget him and not come back to him. Um, and then when we do that, though, when serving, we forget him and serving becomes about us, uh, it becomes overwhelming, it becomes burdensome, it becomes uh, frustrating, and easily then 
can become so much about us that we are frustrated at others who may be not helping, and even as we see with Martha, ultimately frustrated at God, that God isn't getting on our program. He's not helping us with what we need to do. Uh, we see this in other times in the Bible. One, one story is the story of Elijah, um, who is an amazing prophet, who's given an amazing task of, of calling uh, the idolatrous king and, and queen to account, and, and he, God works through him powerfully, but then all of a sudden, he just finds himself totally discouraged, and, and he wants to give up, and the burden is too big, and he goes to this cave, and then when God says, what are you doing here? He effectively says, similar to what uh, Martha said, he says, it's just me, I'm all alone. Nobody else is being faithful. Nobody else is serving God. It's just me. And that burden is big. And God corrects Elijah and says, no, no, there's heaps of other people that I'm working through. It's not about you, Elijah. It's about him. And similar for, for, for Martha. She's saying, my sister's left me to serve all alone. She's made it about her. But no, Jesus is here. Jesus is not worried. This passage, um, part of the reason I'm sharing it is just it's, it's been speaking to me a lot uh, this year um, because there's just been lots of things going on this year uh, in, in the church, in, in our church, and, and in um, our personal life, and lots of really good things, lots of things that, that we really sense God doing and God leading in. There's just been exciting things happening and, and starting even in our church as well. But I've found that because there's so many, well, there's so many different things going on, it's easy that they become the focus. And actually, they become a distraction, or I can then take on too much responsibility for them. I sense God working in something and then can take the burden for that when actually he hasn't said to do that. And perhaps you might feel like that in some ways um, too, whether it's in ministry or in, or in work or in, or in family, good things that God is doing, but actually they have become the focus and actually they have become a distraction. In, in the name of serving Jesus, perhaps have forgotten Jesus, have been distracted by Jesus. So Martha fails at her one job, uh, and the, the scene would be really tense, right? Like, there's all these people around, she's been frantic, she confronts Jesus in front of everybody into this family dispute, like... If, if you're in like a family lunch, right, and then there's this deep confrontation and it's with Jesus, like it would be tense. But Jesus speaks and breaks the tension. And I think the way that he speaks is actually in love and in kindness to invite Martha to a better way. It says, the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. In this tense scene, right, he speaks directly to her. He, he emphasizes her, her name. It, it, maybe in a sense, it's almost like, like, like what, she, what she just said. She's just said, Lord, you don't care. I'm all alone. And it's almost like him saying, no, Martha, Martha, I see you, right? I care. But the problem is that you are troubled about many things. You are anxious. The problem is not that Mary's not helping you. The problem is not that there's all these people to feed. The problem is actually that you are troubled about many things. You've lost your focus. What she's been doing has become so overwhelming, she's lost this focus. So Jesus actually is inviting her back. 
by saying to her, actually, there's only one thing that's truly necessary. There's only one thing you really need to focus on. There's not many things, even when there's many things to be done, right, that there is in her kitchen. There's many things to be done, but there's actually only one thing that's necessary. She's welcomed Jesus into her home. The one thing to do is to focus on him, to recognize him. Jesus is the one thing necessary. Now, this seems really obvious, and it's almost like one of the Sunday school answers, right? The answer is, is Jesus. But this is a challenge and, and is more challenging than we might think because we can sometimes think that we're focusing on Jesus but actually distracted from him. We could be doing things in his name, but actually our attention is not on him. His invitation is to come back to recognize actually he is the one thing in all the things that are going on. In all the distractions, in all the needs, actually the call is to keep our attention on Him, to remember Him. And again, not to just know that, right? Like, like it's one thing to, to know, yes, Jesus is the one thing necessary, but to be aware that He's present. Be aware that He's in charge. Be aware that He does care. He is working. And actually trusting Him and recognizing Him is the main thing that matters, we don't actually need to worry, even as we've been singing about. But just knowing that doesn't help. We have to actually experience it. And often when we pray, often as we come together and worship, we, we sing the words, but then actually hopefully start to recognize, hey, this is actually true, right? Actually, we just need to trust Him. These are simple truths, but they're profound. This is the simple truth of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He is the one thing necessary. Another one that is uh, a great verse that's well-known, again, simple, famous verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. We often compl- can complicate our faith, right? We want to understand everything, want to know what's happening, like need to work it out. But actually, Jesus' invitation again and again is to recognize He's the one that matters. Our one job is to trust Him. Our one job is to remember Him is to recognize him, is to rely upon him. And this is what we see Mary doing. In these verses about Mary, it says of Mary that Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And then when Martha commands Jesus to tell Mary to get into the kitchen, uh, Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. She is simply sitting and listening to Jesus. And this would have been controversial for a few reasons. Like, there's the one really obvious reason is it's quite rude, right? That she is not helping her sister. Like, there's a lot of people to feed, and either she's just oblivious, or she is just not taking responsibility. So she's irresponsible. And Martha's obviously accusing her of that, and it's frustrated about her for that reason. There's another thing to consider with the cultural background of this is that she's actually breaking gender divides. Uh, There there was a lot stricter gender division then, and she really should have been in the kitchen. Uh, That was the cultural expectation, to be sitting in that room where Jesus was teaching, and particularly to be sitting at his feet, was taking the posture of a student, which which was a place reserved for men. Uh, and that, that's just what the culture of the time was. And she is breaking that. 
So, so what she's doing is culturally inappropriate, and it's also not meeting the needs, but she doesn't seem to care about that because she's not focused on what her sister is thinking about her. She's not focused on what's culturally appropriate. She's not focused on what anybody cares about her. She's simply focused on Jesus. He's here, and he's teaching, and she's listening, and he's allowing it and even approving of it. And I don't think it's that Mary is lazy and wouldn't serve Jesus. I, I think she would do anything that he said to do. In, in many ways, she's serving him by listening to him. What is the one thing that a lot of people are not doing to Jesus all the way through the Gospels? Listening to him. And the one thing again and again that he wants people to do is to listen to him. And here Mary is doing actually what Jesus wants people to do. Not be distracted by serving, but simply sitting and listening. And Jesus says that Mary has chosen the good portion, uh, the good part. And there's this kind of interesting theme in this passage, right? Because the context is a meal, uh, being welcomed into a home, showing hospitality, preparing the food. And the frustration is the food's not getting prepared. There needs to be more help with the food. But then Jesus says that actually Mary has chosen the good portion, which is kind of related to the meal. Mary's anxious about the meal. Martha's anxious about the meal. But Mary is actually enjoying the meal because the true meal is Jesus' word. Jesus is teaching, and she's actually enjoying what he's saying. And Martha's saying that Mary needs to go and prepare the the bread, the normal food, but Jesus says, no, no, Martha's having the good food. She's having the good portion. And we see Jesus is even more necessary than food. We would think of food as essential, Um, but this comes through Scripture again, even in Deuteronomy. um, God taught this to the Israelites, that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. The essential thing is not actually food. It's actually God's word that he holds together our bodies, our lives. He uses food, right? Uh, But he miraculously provides food in in the wilderness. But actually, it's his word that sustains all things. Mary's listening to his word. Martha's busy making bread. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good meal. Um, Eugene Peterson even translates it this way um, in the message translation. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Effectively saying what Jesus is speaking, his word, his presence, is the main meal. And this is a, uh, just an added nuance, I think. Because we could say, yes, Jesus is the one thing necessary, but we could say necessarily for a successful life, or necessary for a powerful church, or necessary for a meaningful calling and career. Jesus is the one thing necessary for a good family, and that's true, right? Without Jesus, um, again, we've said it becomes about us, it becomes a burden, but we don't want to use Jesus simply as a means to an end. That Jesus is the one thing necessary so that we can do this, or so we can do what we want to do. Uh, That's just a means to an end. But here, we see Jesus is not a means to an end. Jesus is the end. He's the best part. Not the things that we do for him, not him helping us to serve, but actually experiencing and knowing him. 
Um, he's the main meal. He's the end, the best part. And this was Mary's approach. She recognized, and she was enjoying Jesus. She was enjoying his presence. She was enjoying his word. And she didn't want to move away from him. She didn't want to be distracted by serving. So just using this analogy, I wonder if you just think about a main meal. Or if we said if life is a meal, what's the main course for you? We could put it another way, like what is the thing that really sustains and, and nourishes you? What's the, the non-negotiable thing in your life? What's the thing that gives you joy that you look forward to? Where's your attention, your focus? Whatever that is, that's probably the main course, right? It's the big thing. Uh, it's the thing that matters. It's the thing that we look forward to. It's not a means to an end. It's the, it's the point. It's the end. It's the goal. And it seems like for Martha, maybe not intentionally, but maybe in some ways, she, her goal was to have this great meal for Jesus, to, to this great service for Jesus, this great ministry for Jesus. But that's not Jesus, right? That's what she was doing. And it's a danger for all of us who desire to serve him that he becomes a means to an end rather than the end itself. But he's the end. He's the goal. He's the good portion. And then Jesus says he's also the one that won't be taken away. So we have one job. We could say you have one job. Martha had one job. Show hospitality to Jesus, welcome him, and failed. Um, And if we're honest, uh, we probably all can identify with Martha. Um, In times where we've been uh, anxious and distracted about many things, or maybe even in serving Jesus, have forgotten Jesus, and so quickly it becomes about us and what we are doing. And his invitation, though, is kind. It's, it's gentle. It's to come back to recognize he's the one thing necessary. He's the good portion. He's the one that won't be taken away. Because everything else could be, even as we heard in that story um, that Sam told, Um, in communion. So many things that we focus on could be lost. Good things, things we do for God, people we serve um, could could disappear. They are fragile. And if they are the focus, if they are the main course, if they're the goal, it creates anxiety because our treasure is vulnerable. But if Jesus is the main thing, the good portion, it's secure. Nothing can touch it. Nothing can take it. Jesus says it won't be taken away from her. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us, which is why if he is the one thing necessary, if he is the main focus, if he's our treasure, then there's peace, then there's joy, then there's hope. And again, I'm preaching this to myself very much because I know this, but to live in it is the challenge. To experience it is the challenge, to, to remember it, and to let him be the focus. So it's kind of the theme we're going to continue to explore the next uh, few weeks um, as, as we, we, we work through this. And I think is, is a challenge that not just when things are difficult do we need God, but when things are good, when there's lots going on, when there's lots of needs and opportunity, actually we must not lose the focus on him, that actually it's about him, not us. So as we respond today, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and then... Um, yeah, I just in, invite you to identify um, 
yeah, if that's true of you at the moment, and just to hear Jesus' response, Jesus' invitation to come back to the one thing. So let's pray. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, um, that you do care deeply about us, and you know our needs, and you are working. And we just thank you for the freedom and the liberation that there is to know that um, you are the focus, that you are the one thing, uh, not us, that we are not alone uh, in all that there is maybe to do or, or the things that we are facing. We are not the focus. Um, you are, Lord, and we just thank you for how Mary just sat in the posture of student listening and responding to you and focused on you. We just pray, God, by your spirit, you give us power and strength to take that posture to sit, uh, a posture of listening, posture of looking to you and recognizing you, um, even as we serve you, as we represent you, as we, we work for you, Lord, would you still be at the center? Um, we just ask for grace to live that way. Um, and yeah, just strengthen us by your spirit, we pray in your name. Amen. We're going to stand to, to worship. If anyone would like prayer for anything after the service, feel free to come down the front. Um, and we're happy to pray with you as well.